the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He came back with me, and he was with me until Friday. And then on Friday, he went with his other grandparents to spend a few days, and then he gets, he's back in Oklahoma now, and he'll start school back again today uh, after a Christmas break. That's right, Christmas break. Not winter break, Christmas break. And, uh, you know, goodness, he had a great time. As far as I could tell, he had a great time. He he told he told Pops, that's me. He said, I wish I didn't have to go, Pops. And I said, I know, but you do. And he says, I know. And I said, we'll see each other soon. Uh, my birthday's on February 15th. His is on February 17th. So probably that weekend uh, he'll be joining me and my and uh, um, and uh, himself. And I'm trying to think. We got another birthday in that uh, that area. I can't remember who it is. I know my daughter's is a 22nd or 21st. So there's about four or five of us. Uh, well, my son. What am I thinking about? My son Greg. Uh, he's going to be. Let's see. He's the 16th. So 15th, 16th, 17th. And 21st birthdays uh, for the uh, the Ellswood clan. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to that. Big birthday for me this year. Dun, dun, dun. 70 years old. Yep. Going to be 70 this year. That's a, you know, every, I was talking to some people and they said, you know, the lawmakers that bothered me the most was when I turned 50. And I said, not me. One that bothered me the most is when I turned 30. Because <laughs> I figured from then on out, it was all downhill, brother. You know, you start you start losing you start losing your edge a little bit at uh, at that at that time. So anyway, uh, good to be, uh, but it's good to be back today. I'm uh, excited to be back. All right, Demar Hamlin. Last night, that was one of the strangest things that has ever ever happened in a uh, a pro football game. Uh, and what exactly happened? Okay, well, uh, Aaron uh, has this guy that he follows. He takes care of sports medicine. Tell us a little bit about this guy, Aaron. Yeah, his name is Brian uh, Suter. He's a pretty much a uh, doctor at a physical therapist, and he's, like you said, very well-known in the sports medicine uh, area, and he pretty much uh, kind of went through and deciphered what happened on the play, on the play that, uh, where DeMar went down. Um, like I said, I follow him. He does. He's really spot on with a lot of things that he does. There's not a lot of uh, sports medicine people out there either that do what, that does what he does, um, where they have their own platform and kind of decipher what all goes on uh, in, for injuries. Okay, much. so he cut this piece last night, about three minutes long. This will bring you up to date on exactly what's going on with Demar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. 
What we saw happen tonight is not related to any sort of vaccines. This is almost certainly something called commotio cordis, an extremely, extremely rare condition that's one of those things that we typically only think we're going to read about in textbooks. Essentially, what can happen is if you have a blunt trauma to the chest that occurs at exactly the right time in the cardiac electrical cycle, your heart can be sent into cardiac arrest. As Hamlin comes in here, we can see this square hit to the front of his chest. We see him get back up momentarily before ultimately collapsing back down to the ground and requiring CPR on the field. This is a tracing of our heart's electrical activity. Basically, this is one cycle of the heart squeezing. It starts off with this P wave, which is the electrical activity of the atrium at the top of the heart squeezing, then the QRS complex, which is going to be the ventricles acting, but then the last phase is this T wave, where the ventricle basically depolarizes and kind of resets to get ready for the next cycle. For commotio cordis to happen, you have to suffer this blunt trauma to the chest at exactly the right moment, specifically on this upstroke of the T wave in order for the heart to then be sent into this arrhythmia and subsequent cardiac arrest. This is one of those things that not only do you have to have a high enough force, but it has to happen within milliseconds of a time window because if that impact comes at any other time in this electrical cycle, you're fine. You don't go into this. But when it happens at just this right time during this upstroke of the T wave, and if it's high enough, then you can have this thing called commotio cordis. We typically think of it happening in baseball players whenever they get hit in the middle of the chest with a hard thrown ball. But unfortunately, that looks like what is most likely to have happened here with Hamlin. Treatment like this is obviously CPR and defibrillation as quickly as possible because this can absolutely be a life-threatening thing. Again, this is not something that people should go speculate about vaccines or anything like that causing this cardiac arrest. There was a clear contact, a clear trauma, and I think a clear reason why, unfortunately, this happened for Hamlin. My thoughts and prayers go out to the player, go out to his family, everybody else there on the field, the medical staff taking care of him. This is an extremely, extremely serious thing. One of those conditions that, like I said, you hope, you pray, you never actually see as a medical provider. But hopefully this was educational. Let me know, as always, any questions or comments down below. And until next time, we'll see you later. Okay. So that's uh, what he had to say about it. Uh, we've got some other information for you. This is from uh, some of the, uh, the. Okay, we'll go ahead. And, let's go ahead and play. Go ahead. First of all, I also received a statement from Ira Turner, the agent uh, for Demar Hamlin, who said he has no update on his health. Just hopes that everyone's prayers are with him and his family. On this NFL conference call, you just mentioned with several top league officials. There was no discussion of DeMar Hamlin's health. That was not what this was about. There was no discussion about football. I'm sure there will be at another time. That was not what tonight was about either. This was about the events of tonight, how it happened, why it happened, and walking all of us through uh, essentially what we saw on the field today and why the decisions that were made were made. First of all, Troy Vincent, one of the NFL's uh, top executives described himself as traumatized by these events. As I can say, no doubt we all were watching. He was in constant communication with Roger Goodell, uh, with officials on the field, with both coaches. Uh, he said they realized extremely quickly the game was not the most important thing. That's what uh, so, so much of the theme of tonight was. The game was not the most important thing. Essentially, he asked both coaches, get a pulse of your players uh, explain to us basically where they are, how was DeMar, how are the players. As Vincent said, neither coach was talking about resuming the game, nor were the players. As he said, quote, how do you resume after such a 
traumatic event. There was also discussion on television on the broadcast about a five-minute warm-up that the players were given. Troy Vincent said he didn't know where that came from. He described that as insensitive. As far as the medical attention that DeMar Hamlin received, Donna Ponte, another top league official, said there could not have been more collaboration uh, between all parties, medical and otherwise, on the field, uh, and both teams also. Uh, for instance, Bengals' ownership uh, was down in the field in the locker room uh, and attending to, to some of the, uh, the players and other officials who were kind of uh, dealing with and processing this, kind of a show of collaboration there. Jeff Miller, another top league official and communications uh, person who was on this conference call, said the emergency action plan that was in place tonight that we saw with the ambulance coming, with medical professionals attending to Hamlet immediately is something they practice once a year in every stadium. Uh, he described it as terrific collaboration between the team medical staff, uh, independent medical providers, and everyone involved. Okay, so that brings you up to date. That's where everything is at this time. Uh, so uh, if you're seeing stuff on the Internet, if uh, people are, are uh, you know, checking in with you and saying, see, that's what happens when you get one of those shots. No, has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with COVID shots. Uh, and, uh, you know, he got hit right in the, right in the sternum. It's exactly what happened. And it was uh, one of those just very rare coincidences. It's something we always watched in baseball. That's something in baseball people are much more cognizant than they are in football. I'm telling you that right now. Because, uh, look, if you're a pitcher and uh, you get a, a, a comebacker at you, a comebacker is when the batter hits the ball and it comes right back at you, you know, you're always worried it's going to hit you in, in the head. But I'm going to tell you, number two, you don't want it to hit you in the chest. Because we've all been told, if you've been a pitcher at any time and they've ever talked to you about that, they'll tell you to try to get the glove up to deflect it in some way to slow it down because that that trauma that you take can stop your heart. It's very rare, but it can stop your heart. Tell you one other thing you can do, make it very difficult to breathe for a couple of weeks afterwards. You get bruised there right there on your sternum and that makes it difficult on you. So anyway, uh it looks like he's gonna be fine. So well, we're hoping that he'll be fine. Um great work by the medical staffs on the field. I mean, uh they restarted his heart there on on the field. I don't know if it was uh, the paddles that they had in the ambulance, or it was CPR. I know CPR was being uh, applied to him immediately, so uh, that may have been enough to get uh, get his heart going. Why am I talking so much about the the you know that that story? Because it's on everybody's mind. That's why people watch Monday Night Football, so it, uh, it cro- it's crossing their mind. Tell you something else. If you if you watch things like uh, movies and stuff, there's something else that happened. Go go ahead. Uh, well, uh, the Aaron. Buffalo Bills uh, they put out a statement about three hours ago, so this would have been okay at least one o'clock in the morning. It says uh, Demar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit 
in our game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was transferred to UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed as as critical condition. Well, of course he's in critical. Your heart stopped. It causes problems. All right, it causes problems. They got it started. Now the key is is to make sure the electrical activity of your, your heart muscle stays in that area that it's supposed to stay in because you never know. It's weird. Heart can do weird things. Jeremy uh, Renner last night uh, suffered blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries following a weather-related snowplow accident uh, that occurred to him. All right. You got something on it on that for us, Aaron? No. All right. So uh, that's something that we, we were kind of following. People Magazine reported that it received a statement from Renner's representative confirming the injuries that the Marvel stars sustained on Sunday, uh, saying that we can confirm that Jeremy has suffered blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries and has undergone surgery. On January 2nd, the statement read, uh, he has returned from surgery and remains in the intensive care unit in critical but stable condition. Jeremy's family would like to express their gratitude to the incredible doctors and nurses looking after him. Uh, Truckee Meadows, Meadows Fire and Rescue, Rashu County Sheriff, Reno City Mayor Hillary Sheave, and the uh, Carano and Murdoch families, the statement continued. They are also tremendously overwhelmed and appreciative of the outpouring of love and support from his fam- fans. And, of course, uh, Jeremy Renner, known best as Hawkeye uh, on, uh, on the uh, uh, Marvel movie scene. Okay, we need to get a break. What you're telling me? Okay. Time for a break. Let's do that. Then we'll turn to what uh, everybody said. I bet Dave talks about this first today. Uh, no, I'm talking about a third. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about what's going on in this speaker's race uh, there at the House. That's coming up next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. I just placed a uh, text into uh, Congressman uh, Westerman, Bruce Westerman, see if he can join us for about 10 minutes here this hour. Um, and if he can't, I just ask him, is your vote for the speaker? And I'm sure that it is. He's been firmly behind, the, um, well, not the speaker, but for McCarthy, for speaker. And I'm sure that he's still feeling that way. But um, I don't know if he's at the airport. I don't know if he just took off or what's going on. But I've I've sent out a message to try to get a hold of him. Try to get uh, get him on and, and get him to to talk a little bit about this. If you're at all into politics, you've been paying attention to this for a couple of weeks now, uh, because you know it's the moment of truth right now, uh, dealing with uh, Republican leader Kevin McCarthy as the House votes today at eleven o'clock our time. Uh, revealing whether he has the confidence of his conference to lead a new House GOP majority. Now, let's look at this real quickly. And uh, for people who are saying, don't vote for him, don't vote for him. Okay, so what do you, what is it that you want in return? 
because evidently there's something that you want. You don't say, well, I'm not going to vote for McCarthy. He shouldn't be speaker, okay? If he's not speaker, then who should be? Who should be? Who do you want to run that that has the uh, the necessary votes to make this happen? I mean, you got to have all of the votes of the Republican Party uh, except for five. That's what you got to have. So there's 222 uh, in there in in the uh, the House right now, Republicans. Uh, and uh, you're saying that uh, you're looking at this, and so you want 200, you can get 200 and what, uh, oh, I don't know, 17 votes? You can get 217 votes? Can you, do you got somebody who can pull 217 right now? I mean, from the last count that I saw, uh, McCarthy has about uh, 212 uh, to 222. Now, what do those 10 or 15 House members want? I'm sitting and listening to some people on on the right say, well, he's a swamp creature. What the hell does that mean? I mean, seriously, what does that mean to you? Let's let's have a let's have a definition here. Don't be just using a, a, a you know tapping a name for somebody, and we don't even know what it basically means. What does it mean that he's a swamp creature? And if he's not a swamp creature, who is it in Washington D.C.? I believe just about every one of them are swamp creatures because they're in the swamp. Every one of them are in the swamp. Now, some may uh, might be better than others dealing with uh, with that uh, that that type of feeling. But the question becomes: Who do you want? Who can work? Uh, can win? Big Scant from Arizona. He ran. He he was defeated already as Speaker. McCarthy's got the majority of uh, House members. So why are you holding out? That's the question that's got to be asked here. What are you hoping to achieve if you're going to achieve anything? What do you want? You want you want the, the Democrats to help pick the speaker? Is that what you want? I mean, there comes a time when reality has got to settle in a little bit, and you've got to decide what it is that you're trying to sacrifice to obtain. And I've not heard from any of these people what they're trying to obtain. I mean, the the majority leader has said, "Now you know we'll take uh, five votes, and you can you can you can vote on whether we want to hold a, a vote to see if I should stay uh, to stay speaker." You know, that hasn't happened for a hundred years. A hundred years, and if you you can go all the way back to a hundred years when it was just one, 
vote, and you could have a vote. I mean, are you wanting is what you're looking for is a uh, a United States uh, version of the Knesset in Israel? Is that what, is that what you're saying that you want? I mean, let's let's have some reality here. I know the club. I love the club for growth. They're against him. Who are they for? I haven't heard a name put up by them. And I haven't heard a name put up by the Freedom Caucus either. They say Jordan. Jordan says he don't want it. He supports McCarthy. All right, we'll talk about it further. But right now, let's catch up the latest news. Tuesday members would take successive votes until someone, Mr. McCarthy or a different nominee, secured enough supporters to prevail. That would prompt chaos chaos not seen uh, on the House floor in a century. And uh, just something to keep in mind, all right? McCarthy's got over 200 votes lined up right now. All right? Uh, there, he's, he's about 12 off total. Uh, and of those 12, only five have come out and said, uh, under no circumstances will they vote for McCarthy. Now, my question to those five is then who will you vote for? If it's Jim Jordan, and like a lot of people would like to see, Jim Jordan says he doesn't want to be Speaker. And he is voting for McCarthy. So that sounds like uh, that's a a no-win proposition. And it's time to listen to what Mr. Jordan is saying. I mean, look, I like Jordan. I could take him as Speaker as well. But right now... The majority of the party is saying we'll we'll get we'll line up behind McCarthy. Now, is is it your belief if you think that you're the only ones that are right that everybody else is a swamp creature? That everybody else in the Republican Party is a swamp creature, and these five or twelve people aren't? What purity test did they pass? I think you need to stand up, stand forward, and, and speak about it. Hugh Hewitt's had this to say. The House has important work to do, and that's no doubt about that. The GOP needs to get on with the hard work of governing. The new Select Committee on China has to get underway. The hearings into the FBI, Twitter, Big Tech's collusion with the Democrats— to support the uh, to suppress uh, the Hunter Biden story are long overdue. Indeed, much more should have been organized and ready to go already so that they could get started on January 3rd. They're already behind the eight ball on getting started. I mean, I'm just being a pragmatist here. If I were, if I were sitting in, uh, in Congress right now, I think you got to get on with uh, with the, the the whole idea that you govern. People voted for people in the GOP to govern. Now, if you don't like what the GOP has done in instances, then bring it up in the necessary committees. Bring it up on the floor of the House. Write up some legislation, whatever. But let's get on with governing. Sitting here twiddling our thumbs, or worse than that, have our thumb, you know, firmly planted in our posterior, does nothing. Zip, nada, except makes you look like you're dumb. 
stupid and ignorant. That's how it makes you look. Sorry. No, that probably irritates some people. You tell me, who do you want in his place? Who do you got that's got the votes even close? If you got somebody, then put them up. Let them say they want to run. They're going to have that vote come up at 11 o'clock, and I can tell you right now, McCarthy will come within at least 20 votes of winning, probably closer. I'm not hearing of a, of a wholesale uh, you know, group of people leaving uh, the majority leader. So uh, this is going to be a this is this is going to be a stain, folks. This is a stain, and it's not a good stain. There's some things that got to get done. I mean, look, I want to see a committee to look into why Pelosi didn't do the things she was supposed to do on January sixth to keep from January sixth perhaps happening. I want to hear from the other side which Pelosi and the Democrats never did. It was all about their side and only their side. GOP couldn't, you know, uh, subpoena anybody up in front of the committee to speak and to give testimony. I mean, how big of a kangaroo court do you need to understand how stupid that is? I mean, that's star chamber stuff. That's Stalin-type stuff. That's what happened. And half of the American people have fallen for it. I mean, I guess Goebbels was right, right? You tell a big enough lie long enough, people will believe it. Beginning to believe that that is the case here in uh, this great country that we call America. Sad. Absolutely sad. Hey, don't forget about ICU and what they can do for your home. They can make it safe. They can make it so you don't have to worry about anything from them. ICU is ready to take care of you. These are the people that take care of Nuke One. They can take care of Nuke One. They can take care of your house. They can take care of your business. I've had uh, several people here just in the last uh, couple weeks uh, during the holiday getting a hold of me and saying, uh, Dave, you know, where do I reach ICU at? And I said, 501-205-1333. They said, don't you have another number? I go, no, that's the number I called. You need to call it, too. doesn't take but a few moments to talk to uh, Billy Mack or one of his uh, people to talk to you about what they can do for you Uh, in uh, giving you the door and window sensors you want, the indoor and outdoor cameras that you want, uh, a doorbell camera, check. They can do that for you. Motion detection, check. They can do that for you. Analytics, check on that as well. Uh, That's true detection, by the way. If it's a a person, animal, or car, can find out. They'll send it right to your your uh, smartphone, you can see pictures from your cameras immediately if it detects something. They're the best as far as I'm concerned. That's why I've got my home under ICU protection. 
uh, know that you pay for the service, not for the hardware. All those window sensors, the cameras, and all of that, that all belongs to you once they put them in, turn them on, get you started. All you have to do is pay for the service. And the service is uh, right along with other uh, security firms. Phone number to call, 501-205-1333. 501-205-1333. ICU protection. I'll tell you something else. When you're driving in today, it is really dark out there on the highway. I mean, no moon, no stars, no nothing. It's just dark, dark. Plus, the road's wet, and it's reflecting uh, your, your, your beams at you. Uh, as far as when you're driving, uh, just slow it down a little bit. Go five, six miles an hour slower. And don't run up on somebody's trunk, all right? Try not to do that. Be nice not to have their tailpipe in your front seat. You don't want that to happen. All right, uh, about 12 minutes until 7. Uh, don't forget about PI Roofing, PI Roofing Home Solutions. They do more than just your roof now. Uh, you need your roof done by all means, call them. They're the best roofing company around, and uh, they'll uh, they'll help you uh, take care of your roof, they, just like they've done for myself. I've had two roofs that I had to uh, put on my house, one when I first bought the house uh, that I live in in Cabot, and then one uh, had it done last year after uh, uh, some uh, hail that we had up there in the uh, in the Lone Oak area, and so they had to replace my roof then as well. They did a fantastic job, got right on it. It was amazing because they came out and put on my roof. I've never seen this happen before during the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday, and they're out putting a new roof on my house. I've never seen that happen before until PI Roofing did it. Now, why Home Solutions? Because they do more than just roofs now. Uh, if you need some construction done around your house, uh, some small uh, gigs, you need a, you know your deck worked on like I'm going to have done in the springtime, you can get them to do that for you. Uh, they can do work inside your house if you had a leak and it's caused some, you know, problems with the drywall, maybe some two-by-fours, things of that nature. They can fix that. Uh, the big construction companies, they're not interested in your little jobs. Uh, but PI Roofing, little jobs are what they uh, do a great job on. Just get a hold of them. Give them a call, just like you would uh, to do for your your uh, your roof. Call them at 501-707-3115. 501-707-3115, or just visit them online. They're at piroofing.com. Uh, All right. We've, I'm sitting here looking. We've got about 10 minutes to go till we get to the top of the hour. We've been talking uh, here for a while about McCarthy. I've said all that I basically can say. I've told you where it stands right now. Votes coming up at 11 o'clock our time, noon Eastern. And uh, I haven't heard back from uh, Bruce Westerman. Uh, I'm sure he's probably on a plane right now heading to Washington, D.C., and uh, getting ready to cast his vote. From talking to him in the past, from talking to, uh, uh, you know, our Congressman Hill, and uh, from what I've heard from our other two congressmen, uh, I think they're all solidly in the McCarthy camp, as are most Republicans. 
the overriding majority of Republicans support McCarthy. It's a very small group, and, you know, you can be a small group and and cause problems. Causing problems is all right if you have something you're trying to get done. And that's not what I'm hearing from the side that uh, does not want to vote for McCarthy other than they don't want him to be speaker. Well, okay, so you hold it up. All you're doing now is holding up uh, the Republicans in uh, controlling the House. That's what you're holding up. What's your end game? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want? Look, if there's somebody out there listening to me right now and you want to tell me what the end game is, you've been in touch with the Freedom Caucus, you've been in touch with Club for Growth and some of these other groups, I'm more than willing to hear what you have to say. And can you get it done? That's the other question. Can you get it done? Is just holding it up, is that what you want to do? Is that it? Make the you know the GOP look like they can't govern at all. Phone number here is an easy one to get a hold of five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. I'm willing to listen to what you got to say. All right, but here's the argument I don't want to say. I don't want to hear. Well, the Republicans haven't done what we've wanted done. And what is it that you want them to do? All right. And what can you get done? That's the other question. There's a little bit of pragmatism that has to go into this. You know, if you're on the side that can't get done what it is that you want to get done, you look for concessions. And, uh, you know, uh, McCarthy has has made some concessions on on a lot of this. Let's see. Uh, he outlined some of his concessions that he's agreed on, including making it easier to topple the speaker. That's according to multiple GOP sources. Uh, McCarthy could not say whether he would have the votes for the speakership, even after giving in to some of the right's most hardline demands. Not long after a Sunday call, a group of nine hardliners who uh, outlined their demands to McCarthy last month put out a new letter saying some of the concessions he announced are insufficient and making clear they're still not sold on him, though they did say progress is being made. What is it that you want? Say it. Bring it out. Lay it out. This whole thing of... Well, he just hasn't conceded enough. What is it you want him to concede? I'll just be speaker in name only? Is that what you want? I mean, he's down to five votes. My goodness. That's the five you've got. And you can call uh, on him to, you know, resign his speakership at that point. Bring it up on a vote in front of the whole uh, the whole GOP. Just, uh, just, just blows my mind not long after this this group of nine hardliners uh, said some progress has been made Uh, New York Times saying McCarthy is going to fight for the speakership on the House floor until the very end even if it requires lawmakers to vote more than 
once a prospect that now appears to be a distinct possibility. If he uh, fails to win a majority today, members would take successive votes until someone, Mr. McCarthy or a different nominee, secured enough supporters to prevail. That would prompt chaos not seen in the House for over a century. Keep that in mind as well of how dumb you're going to look. Uh, we got about five minutes here. Coming up, uh, a best of uh, the uh, uh, the Bible guys with us. At 9 o'clock, don't miss my interview with Lori Lee on school choice. Uh, you know, we're getting close to the session starting. And uh, that's I believe, is going to be the number one issue that's going to pop up uh, in the, uh, the, the new uh, General Assembly. That's going to be what, what, what comes out of the Education Committee in the House and the Senate. And uh, are we going to get universal school choice? Uh, where, the, where does the governor stand? Well, I think that we've, you know, we can uh, make some guesses, some pretty uh, educated guesses, as he just named somebody to take over uh, the education department of uh, Arkansas from the state of Florida, who just voted in getting universal school choice going in their state. Uh, And what DeSantis has been doing over there as governor, uh, you've got a member of her uh, her chief of staff that's uh, a former member of uh, the governor of Arizona, uh, former governor of uh, Arizona's administration, who helped uh, get through universal school choice in that state. And uh, Ducey, the former governor there, saying they went from zero to 100 miles an hour under her her tutelage, under her direction. So I think uh, we pretty much know where the governor's standing on this and where she's hanging a lot of her political capital right off the very beginning. And it's going to be school choice. And it's going to be getting the kids of Arkansas uh, educated uh, much better than they have been over the last uh, 20-odd years since I've been here. be 23 years this year. And I've not seen them get above 49, 48. That's about what we're sitting at. How do we move forward? We've got to move forward. You want more jobs in this community that are high-paying? You've got to move forward on education. This governor looks like she's ready to spend some capital on it. The, the last governor wasn't. He thought that it was uh, you know tax proposals that needed to be taken care of. And I'm not saying the taxes didn't need to be changed in Arkansas. They did, and they have been now. So let's... Uh, there's still some more that's got to be done on that. The governor seems to really want to get rid of the uh, the income tax uh, here in the state. We'll see how far she wants to go on that, how quickly she wants to go on that. But I do believe that this whole thing about uh, school choice is going to be the big, biggest issue uh, that we'll be dealing with uh, come at the very beginning of the session. I, by the way, will begin doing my show live on uh, the day after Martin Luther King Day uh, from the Capitol. I'll do twice a week, every Tuesday, every Thursday, 
and uh, that way you can keep up to date. If I have to be there Wednesday as well, I will be. Friday is, uh, you know, basically a day that they're all trying to get out of there as fast as they can. So I'm not expecting to be there on Fridays. Might be on a Monday once in a while. But the bottom line is this. I'll be there, and I'll keep you appraised of what's going on. All right, I'll be back live with you again at 9 o'clock. Lori Lee joins me. We talk school choice here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, last hour for a uh, Tuesday show. I want to say Monday, and I know it's not right. Tuesday show, and uh, I got a great guest on. Lori Lee, I have known her now for over 20 years. It's fantastic. Although we were talking about over 20 years, that means plus 20 to your age. So bottom line is uh, I'm not a spring chicken any longer. Uh, she still is, but I'm not. Because, you know, a woman stops aging at 29. That's where she stays at. It stays there. <laughs> That's where you stay at. Anyway, uh, and yes, let me just, I'll be honest with you, on the February 15th, I'll be 70 this year. Wow. Doesn't seem possible. No. Doesn't. I look in the mirror and I go, who are you? I don't even know you. All right, so Lori is here. I want to talk with Lori because today is the third day of January. The uh, The new governor-elect will give her a speech on the 10th, a week from today, at noon, on the steps of the Capitol. We should be carrying that live right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. I am so excited about her taking over uh, in the governor's uh, mansion and in the governor's office. And uh, I'm really excited about one particular topic, one that I have been yelling about since I started talking about things that we needed to change in Arkansas 23 years ago, and that's education. This is, a, I believe, she's not governor yet, but I believe this is the governor that we need to get us off the dime and get education moving forward in the state. Now, you're going to hear other people say that's not true. Teachers Union, <laughs> probably hear it from the superintendents as well. Well, yeah, we kind of like it, but we'd like to do it our way. No, we've done it your way now for 23 years. We're still like 48th in the United States. How much longer we got to keep trying to do it and it doesn't work? Let's stop doing what you've been saying. Let's stop doing what the, you know, the, the unions have been saying. And let's try some things that have been working in 15, 16, 18, 20 other states across the union. I'll just see Florida, Indiana, West Virginia, Kentucky, Arizona, and I can go on. Tennessee. Yeah, I can go on and I can go on on this. And uh, I'm excited about uh, Sarah and what she's going to bring to the table. She's got a uh, senior staff member who was on the staff of uh, Senator, or, pardon me, Governor Ducey in, uh, in Arizona when they pushed uh, universal choice there. The governor said they went from zero to 100 in one session. And uh, that's what I want to see here. Now she's named who she wants as the... Uh, the, the head of the education department in Arkansas will not be Johnny Key any longer. He is going to ride off into the sunset like he should and should have a while back. He's going to ride off in the sunset, and we've got this new gentleman coming in from Florida where education has just flourished in that state. 
So Lori Lee is here with me today. She is the chairman of uh, the, excuse me, the Reform Alliance here in Arkansas. She's been on many, 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 many times. But today, I think I bring her on when she's really happy. So excited. So incredibly excited. I shared with you just a minute ago that if my old body would let me do a backhand spring, I would. But because I don't have uh, a good chiropractor, um, I'll forgo the (laughs) gymnastics. But but very excited, very excited about the uh, staffing that uh, Governor-elect Sanders has put in place uh, with Gretchen Conyer from Arizona. What an amazing pick. Completely, I've been in a couple of meetings with uh, with Gretchen and some other staff members, and they are just 100% student-focused. Let me just stop you right there. Here's the other thing I like about Gretchen. After they passed the law in, Ar- in Arkansas, in Arizona, about universal free choice in education, she's the one that helped lead the attack against the, the unions uh, there in the state and destroyed them in court about it and and hopefully you know the 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 uh case that was a couple of years ago i just left my brain uh where it was now an opt-in instead of an opt-out for Mm -hmm. new teachers to join the union and so and i and i think it's important dave to let your audience know there's a distinct difference between arkansas teachers who are amazing, who do a great job, who are with our kids day in and day out and do the laborious and intense work of teaching our children and and do a fine job, and those that are the teachers' union. The the teachers' union are, in my view, my humble opinion, uh, a despicable group of people who are focused on power and money and making sure that their uber-leftist agenda is uh, is paid for through taxpayer money. And that's why that they insist on the number of kids in public schools, whether that school is able to serve that child or not, uh, stay where they are. Same with the superintendents. We have some great superintendents in this state. but we also have some that their main concern is just making sure that their number is where it should be so they keep their money, they keep their cars, they keep their, you know, their lifestyles, their bonus packages and things like that. And there's nothing about that that is about students. What I'm extremely fired up about is that uh, Governor-elect Sanders, uh, Gretchen, and now Jacob, what an amazing pick for a Secretary of Education. This man started in the trenches. He was a elementary school teacher. He's been a principal. He's climbed the ladder, and he's got the moxie and the, and the knowledge needed to, to take Arkansas from where we are right now, which is, like you said, 48th or 49th, 36% reading rate, 20-something percent math rate, to, you know, to whatever we can uh, gain in the next several years. And this guy's a leader. He's taken Florida and, and taken those, um, those programs. You know, they have several uh, school choice programs, probably more uh, school choice programs in Florida than any other state in the United States. And, and let me tell you, even with that, do you know what they still have and really good in Florida? Public schools. Public schools. They still have public schools. And the public schools have thrived. Because think about this. Once you take the the child that is not excelling or his, who is an unsatisfied customer out of the public school and allow them to find an option and an opportunity that works better for them, 
the kids that are in the public school thrive more because that teacher is able to focus on the kids that that model works for. You know, in no other profession on the face of the planet do we insist that somebody, a teacher, let's just take a third grade teacher, takes 25 kids, okay, and has kids from anywhere from a child that should probably be in the first grade to a child that should probably be in the fifth grade and then everything in between and and make sure that all of them get to at least the fourth grade by the time they live there. We don't do that. My goodness, man, now we have toe doctors. You know, you don't see the, the guy who has a kidney clinic upset next to the guy that has a, you know, a podiatrist, you know, because they know what their focus is. They know what their specialty is. And so allowing education to absorb that same kind of model where the entire spectrum of, of school, uh, public school, charter schools, um, uh, virtual schools, micro schools, private schools, home, home schools, homeschool co-ops, whatever it is, or any combination thereof is, is given to parents to assemble their child's educational journey. How powerful is that going to be? How powerful is that going to be? I was talking to a state senator named Will Remain Unmentionable here. <laughs> Uh, about school choice. And I said, what are you thinking about what you're hearing out of the governor's office? Because I knew he had been in meetings. And he says, I'm, I'm, I like what I'm hearing, except, Dave, I want to make sure that the money that's being spent is being spent on the kids. And I looked at him and I said, you're a senator, right? He said, yeah. I said, you write the laws. So, so what's so what's so interesting about that is we hear that all the time. Well, these parents are going to take that money and buy a car. Yeah, friends can't do th- that. They can't do that. It, it is a it's a voucher. It's a it's a uh, it's it works on the exact same principle as an a, uh, HSA, which is a health savings account. You get a credit. You get an amount of money, and then you have to go to a portal and you have to buy what's in the portal. The money only works in the portal. It's not like we send you a check and then you get to do that. So right now, Arkansas has two school choice programs that the Reform Alliance oversees. Yeah, the one, one that Disman got through. Yes. Right? That, that's called the Philanthropic Investment in Arkansas Kids Act. And as a matter of fact, on January 1st, the tax credits renewed for that program. So all of your listeners who have been wanting to have school choice for the 20 years you and I have been talking about this issue now can participate. And here's how they can participate for free. Everybody listening that has a job owes a personal state income tax to the state of Arkansas, whatever that amount is, okay, either for your business that you own and operate or for your personal for your personal income from your job okay so or both like i have both right so um so you can take that money let's just say you owe a thousand dollars in state income tax you can write a check to the reform alliance for that thousand dollars and negate zero out your debt to the state that's what a tax credit is so all of you that are listening right now, if you would like to support school choice and make a direct donation with your tax money, the money you're going to have to pay in taxes, regardless of anything else, for 2023. So we just finished 2022. So whatever, you, whatever your tax liability is in 2022, unless something dramatically has changed in your life, will probably still be the same in 2023, right? Mm-hmm. So you would take that amount of money. 
and you would say, okay, I'm going to probably owe you know a thousand, five thousand. If you own a business, ten thousand. If you own a really big business, you know hundreds of thousands. We get donations anywhere from a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars to uh, two hundred fifty thousand. It can be more. There's no limit. The cap is two million. But whatever your liability is to the state of Arkansas, you can write a check to the Reform Alliance. And that money goes directly to a scholarship for a kid that comes from an income-eligible family. So you're going to pay that money anyway, right? Right. So it's a, it's a free thing. Now, now all these people that we've talked to over the years that have said, well, I want to decide where my tax money goes, now you can. Now you can take your state income tax and you can, you can send it to the Reform Alliance and pay for a kid for a scholarship uh, K-12 in the state of Arkansas, statewide. We've got 60-something schools that are participating, and uh, the credits started January 1st. So call our office. So we can, when I see Jonathan here in about a week over at the uh, Capitol, I can pat him on the back. 100%. Hundred percent, right. great, great senator, uh, wonderful uh, uh, supporter of school choice. Uh, Works really hard, as you know. That, that was probably the, like the eighth iteration of that uh, particular bill mm-hmm. to get past that session, and and uh, so yeah, it was it was fantastic. All right, let's take our first break. We got a lot to talk about. Once you get excited, if you're one of those people who has been like me. <laughs> And I've still got my scarf hanging up there. How many years ago was that uh, there, uh, Lori? Oh, at least 15. Yeah, that's been, it's hanging up. It says National School Choice Week. On it's it. coming up. Yeah, it's coming up again. This time, though, we're going to participate big time in it. I really do believe that. We'll take a break. Come back with Lori in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Uh, I showed Lori a moment ago. The uh, the uh, piece of jewelry I had made for myself and my wife, we got matches, matching pieces of jewelry of the Star David with a, a cross in the middle of it and uh, to, to reflect our faith. And uh, she was, my wife was just all kinds of excited about it when she got it. She thought it was great. I'm going to tell you what. I helped design it, and Eric uh, Coleman, the owner of Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, is the man who made it. He did a fantastic job. It's exactly what I wanted, and uh, he's exceptional. Go over and see him. 3000 Cavanaugh, Sweet E. He's open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6, and uh, you can talk to him about you know, quality. You can talk to him about him about what's in his display cases, uh, you know, things that he'll create for you if you've got an idea, your estate jewelry, repairs, cleaning. He does it all at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right, let's continue on. Dave Ellswick show for a uh, Tuesday. First show of 2023. First show that I can honestly say I am more than just a little bit excited about what's coming up for the state of Arkansas uh, as soon as the new governor is sworn in, which is next Tuesday. Uh, she'll be sworn in and she'll be giving her speech. Uh, we should be give, we should be carrying that live here on 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. Lori Lee is here. She's the chairman of the Reform Alliance. I've had her on a lot of times. And during all of those times, we would get excited over a few breadcrumbs that were thrown our way. Hmm. I'm just saying, breadcrumbs. From this gov- last, the governor who's still in there in office, he threw breadcrumbs to school choice. Uh, now it looks like 
Uh, we have a governor who's ready to spread fertilizer out there. She's and, opening and, a whole and, bakery. Yeah, and start <laughs> growing some things that uh, can make uh, Arkansas uh, a destination state uh, dealing with education. I'm I'm so tired of hearing, well, Dave, look at how well they do in Connecticut. Well, yeah, let's look at, they get, they've had school choice for a long time. We're going to have it for, for a change. You know, it's I'm coming. Looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, Lori, let, let's move on and, and let's talk about this. Um, I know of at least one state senator one time that destroyed a very important bill in a committee, didn't vote for it, uh, and it was about special elections, and he voted against it because his superintendent told him to vote against it. And he says, I can't go against my superintendent, Dave. And I said, coward. (laughs) All right. So, you know, bottom line was... That vote would have got it out of committee. If it had got it out of committee, I can tell you it would have passed the Senate. But committees are where you know where bills go to die a lot of times, and and they died because of that. And if he ever wants to come on and discuss that, I'm more than happy to do that with him. I, I think that's a, a thing that a lot of uh, legislators deal with. Uh, if you think about the state of Arkansas, we're a very rural state. And the school, the district, is most likely the largest employer mm-hmm. in those places. And so, you know, they, they listen. The, the unfortunate thing is, is that there are some that are in the profession of being superintendents and the teachers union that propagate this, you know, uh, uh, false narrative about school choice uh, because... And it's going to destroy rural schools. Well, that's not... It very rarely affects rural schools. I mean, if you think, you know, rural schools, most of them, there's not a private school within within their district. What it will do, if it happens like it did in Arizona, which is a universal thing where parents can take the money and they can they can literally build their child's educational journey, then you'll see things that are very innovative. Like we found it during the pandemic uh, a thing called micro schools. You know, where communities get together and they have eight to ten learners in a in a uh, setting and they have what's called a guide, which can or cannot be a, a credentialed teacher. But then they use a digital platform to do mastery learning that's set at each child's pace. We saw a little girl go from being in the third grade on a first grade reading level in in a semester being on grade level reading in fourth grade after she finished uh, with the the micro school. And that's because it was completely focused on her needs. It wasn't like you're in third grade, this is what you're going to do here you know, win or lose, and then if you're not up to speed, we're going to promote you to the fourth grade, and then you're just going to be further behind. And that's why I'm so excited about this incoming uh, administration and people like Gresham Conyer and people like uh, Jacob Olivia who have witnessed this, who have seen the benefits of school choice in states that they've come from where children are the focus. I will share with you that I was in a meeting with somebody on this incoming administration, and we were talking about some specific policies. 
And one of the people in the meeting said something about, well, you know, and they were talking about this, not school choice specifically, but another policy. And they said, uh, well, there's going to be some some people that are upset. There's going to be some losers in this. There's going to be some pushback. Yeah. And so the person from the administration stood up and said, who who are the losers? And they said, well, there's going to be some superintendents that are upset. And this person literally held up their hand and said, wait, whoa, stop. So we're not talking about students right now? And they looked at them and said, no. And they're like, well, then we don't care. The education to this administration is about kids. It's about education. It's about reading. It's about writing. It's about arithmetic. It's about teachers. It's about teachers being able to use their God-given talents to impart on our next generation the things that they need to go out and support their families. It's not about an employment agency called the Department of Education. All right. We're going to talk further about this. It's really important we talk about it. For instance, all that money you spent in North Little Rock for that football field and all that, and like 75% of your kids can't read? Hmm. Question mark. Big time. All right. We continue on. And uh, Lori Lee is here. So, Lori, let, let's talk about that. We, so do you believe that this the superintendents – are going to swing as big of a stick as they have in the past? I think they're going to try. I I think now we have some new leadership uh, in the superintendent ranks who have come from different areas that are student-focused, kind of the old guard of, hey, this is my territory and I'll do what I want to do, are kind of fading off, uh, thankfully, um, that are like, you know, the protectionist, the the status quo, like I'm the boss. Uh, I call them the teacher terrorist because they, because you, if you now let, let me just sh- share this. With I you. have to laugh because it's true. Don't because hold back. they do. They they <laughs> bully, and not all of them. And I want to be clear: we have some great superintendents in this mm-hmm. state, but there are some that that hold their uh, teachers captive. I mean, they they we we poll every year for the last ten or fifteen years, teachers and parents and voters about this issue. And every single time in the teacher ranks, uh, we see that between 70 and 75 percent of teachers would would support uh, being able to have school choice. And I'll tell you this, too. We have teachers every single day that call our office and try and help get a kid from their classroom into either the Succeed Scholarship Program, which is for special needs kids, foster kids and military kids, or into the PIAC, which is the low income kids, because they know that those kids are languishing in that classroom and need something different. Back to the superintendents. These superintendents, if a teacher were to say that out loud, we've had them be ostracized. We've had teachers that have had their kids in one of these programs that had to take their kid out because their superintendent was like, no. And so that's, that's the power. Now, what, I, what I'm hoping and what I feel like I see is that the new administration is 100% about kids and that they are going to be strong on this issue. You don't bring somebody in like Gretchen or Jacob Bolivia or start putting people in place like that that are strong advocates for school choice. Yes, uh, uh, Governor Alexander Sanders herself came from, you know, part of the Trump administration, which was uh, uber school choice. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he was all over it. So you, you've got all of these folks in line that are looking at this and saying this issue should be about kids. Children should be the focus of 
education, and parents should have the power. And I loved it in her statement when Governor Alexander said, this isn't really about school choice. This is about parent power. This is about enabling parents to uh, be have a real seat at the table, not just a, a tacit like, oh, I'm going to drop my kid off and you be in charge of them for the next eight hours, five days a week. All right. This is about a, a, a partnership between teachers and parents and students that puts students at the center of the conversation and says, what's right for this kid? Regardless of who their daddy is, regardless of who, how much money he makes, where they live, how connected they are, what does this child need to grow and, and succeed in a classroom so that when they get through an Arkansas school system, education system, they can read, write, and do arithmetic? I talked to uh, Ryan Norris. I'm sure he won't you know, have any problem me telling this story. He said it on the air. His parents moved to a specific area because they knew that their kids would get a good education. Absolutely. And did it at the the whole point is his 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 family uh, didn't have really have the money to live in that district, but they went to that district anywhere anyway and 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 kind of suffered uh because of that. And uh, didn't have as much money to do different things as other families did. But, doggone it, their kids got a good education. Because if they stayed in the in the place that they were, they wouldn't have. It was that simple. It is that simple. It is that simple. And you know what? There are people in this state that have the ability to move. There are people in this state that have the income to get therapies and tutors, private educations, uh, whatever their kids need. But there are a large majority of people in the state who do not have that. The greatest majority. And so what we're saying is because you're born here, because this is your, your your stature in life, then your child doesn't have access to all the things that are available in the realm of education. That's crap. And you know what I'm excited about? I'm excited that the new administration recognizes that and understands that every child, every family in the state of Arkansas deserves equal access to all that Arkansas has to offer in education, all the world has to offer. This is 2023, for goodness sake. We can pipe in Harvard to classrooms and and teach a teach a class why in deshay county do they not have access to the same things that kids have in little rock i uh, i 100 percent agree with that there's not a kid in a in a high school in arkansas that shouldn't be able to take trig and and take calc and and all the rest of the things that i would i could take in the school that i went to when i was a kid that's right. That's right. I was trying to find this quote uh, uh, by the new uh, education secretary, and I can't find it, so I'm going to paraphrase. This is a paraphrase. He said, I believe parents should know what's going on in their child's classrooms. What a that's thought. Like a, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> what a that's thought. like you're imparting, you have my child's mind. For how for, many hours for, a day? For 12 years for however many weeks, hours a day, and you have the audacity to tell me I don't have a right to know what you're putting in their head, Mm -hmm. 
I am so excited. I know, Dave, we've been talking about this issue for literally 20 years. Yeah, we have. And as you said before, we've just been given crumbs. We got a couple million here, a couple million there. If we were lucky. Right now, there's maybe, maybe about 1,000, 1,200 kids on a school choice program in the state of Arkansas that we have fought tooth and nail for. Every session, we have to go back and get funding. Every session, we got to fight for this. Every session, we got to fight for that just to allow kids from families who aren't, you know, the Kennedys or the Hutchinsons or the whoever to to access those things that those families have access to and say, hey, your kid, your family is just as worthy as these to be able to access what is available in the education system. And this administration, I am so extremely confident I can't even talk. I mean, you know me. I'm no, a talker. I know what you're saying. And I'm just, I'm stammering but because I understand what the, you're saying. the hope is so great right now that every family in the state of Arkansas will have the ability, if they choose, to find a solution that works for their kid. Well, here, here's the key. If we bring out all the school choice in, it's going to make the public schools better. Or it should. If they don't get better, they were never going to get better under any program. A hundred percent. You're taking out the dis, this dissatisfied customer and and leaving the the people in the school that it works for, and saying, you know what? Here, you know what people don't do? They never take their kid out of a school where they're succeeding. You know people who've gotten jobs, and they find somebody else to have their kid live with. That's my air quote for, like, they need an address in that district. Yeah. Or or they leave them behind. I mean, people don't do that. The number one question when people move is, where's the best school district? Yeah. Why don't we alleviate that and make all school districts great because we're empowering parents we're allowing teachers to be the leaders of their classrooms, and we're focusing on students. Or somebody asks you that question, you go, "Well, is your, is your kid want to be a you know mathematician? Do they want to be uh, you know uh, you know a writer? Yeah, you know." And I'll tell you, schools that are better for those things than maybe other schools are. Absolutely, the other schools are good, but they're not as good as. This school. Or there are kids that thrive in bigger environments that the public schools provide. Like, you know, me, I'm a socially, you know, I'm a social person. So I like a lot of people. She was around. a butterfly. <laughs> but but there are kids who, who don't thrive in that environment. And so why are we not allowing them? You know, I, I got a great education. I was educated in Arkansas public schools. I'm a graduate of Little Rock Central High School. I've been here my whole life. And I love the state of Arkansas. And I have two children that went to public school, went to private school. They were homeschooled, and they went to charter school. And you know what? It was a, it was a thing because as a single mom, it was, it was hard to do that. But you know what's going to happen now? My grandkids, which I now have three of, shocker because I'm only 29. But, That's right. <laughs> but they're going to have the option to, if this school works for them, then they can go to that. If this school works for them, then they can go to that. Regardless of how much money their parents make, regardless of who their mommy and daddy are, regardless of where they're able to live or afford to live or move, they're going to be able to seek the education that works for their individual needs. That's exciting stuff for the state of Arkansas. All right. So you just um, made an interesting statement a few minutes ago about having to opt in to be part of the teachers union. Let's talk about that when we come back. So Dave Ellswick show. It is a Tuesday. It's a quarter till 10 on 101.1 FM. The answer back with you. 
Dave Ellswick Show. Lori's always amazed at how I do that. I'm talking <laughs> about something totally different, and I, they point the finger at me, and I'm back on the air, and we're back on talking about things. All right, so you made a mention. You made mention of this earlier. I want you to to expound on it some. Uh, choosing to be in the teachers' union or opting out of the teachers' union. So there was a case, and I can't remember the year, but it was called the Janus case. Uh, where a man sued because he was opted into the teachers' union as soon as he became a teacher. They they used to make you sign up. They automatically signed you up. But they now taking your money. Yes. But now you have to – and here's the great thing. They had just a window in June or July, I can't remember, a two-week window in the summer – where you could opt out. If you didn't opt out in that two-week window, you had to stay in for another year. Okay. But now you have to opt into the teachers' union. And, and here's, the, here's the interesting thing about the teachers' union, is the teachers' union says that they are there to protect teachers and focus on education. But if you go look at their platform, Dave, nothing about their platform, the things that they, they decide on and they, they decide to focus on throughout the year, have anything to do, for the most part, with teachers and absolutely nothing to do with students. Okay, so how far off is our our uh, school uh, union, teachers union, from Amy Weingartner? Uh, one organization away. So there's the national, there's the NEA and the, the whatever the other one is, the American Federation of Teachers, AFT. Okay. And then there's the uh, Arkansas Teachers Union. Okay, so the how, AEA. how much how much pressure do they get from, you know, Weingartner? Well, I would think before the last couple of years a lot, but actually in Arkansas the teachers unions are almost defunct. I mean there's there's not I mean in Little Rock they may have some members, but around the state teachers in Arkansas are conservative student focused people. They are not Uber leftists who want to engage in the political idiocy that the teachers union uh, gets involved in so they they do things like join um, the arkansas state teachers uh, association which is a non-union professional organization for teachers which actually has better benefits by double than the teachers union and actually is student focused and led by teachers okay all right so uh how do we how do we put the the boot on on the uh, the goose that's laying the coal egg out there. I think they're just going to go away by themselves. I think once you have, you you start empowering parents and allow. You, look at what COVID did for education. Yeah, let because parents see what was going yeah, on. They saw what was happening with their kids in states like Arkansas, and so they were like, "Hey, what the heck's going on? Why can't my kid do this?" Or better yet, I had a friend of mine whose kid was doing uh, virtual school, sat in on the class, and was like, "Whoa!" And the teacher's like, "Well, you can't sit on the class," and the parents like. Well, yes, I can. And so those kind of things came to light. And that's why I think that, you know, what's going to happen now? Because parents are, are reengaged. You know, there's been a lot of things going on in families the last couple of years. We've had a pandemic. We've had this vitriol in the election cycle. What's so exciting about what's happening with the incoming administration is this is not political for them. Okay, I mean, they're in politics, but it's about kids. If you look at the resumes of the people that are going to be part of the education, uh, part of the incoming governor's uh, team, 
These are people who have proven over decades that they are focused on kids and that they care about the families in the states where they work, now being Arkansas, thankfully, having the ability to make sure their kids can read and write and do math upon graduation so they can go out and get a job and they can provide for their families. Excites me. So I, I want to share does. with it your excites yeah. me. I'm, I'm, I've still got a granddaughter who's in the school system in, in Cabot. So, yeah, that, that excites me. And to, and to celebrate that all coming now in January, January 23rd through, I think, the 29th, is every January, the last week, is uh, National School Choice Week. The Reform Alliance is going to have uh, events all over the state starting on January 14th in Batesville. Uh, Little Rock is our big, huge rally, going to be at the State House Convention Center. Everybody's welcome. It's January 23rd. We're going to have a, a vendor fair there. We're going to have some entertainment. We're going to do the National School Choice Week dance. It's going to be a great time. It's all free um, in Forest City. You don't want me to do the dance. Yeah, you? I do. Yeah, I do. I want you to come and do the dance. Uh, Forest City, Blaville, Jonesboro, Star City, Pine Bluff, and Clinton. You can find all these events and register for them on the Reform Alliance Facebook page, The Reform Alliance. Uh, it's a little green apple is the icon, and uh, it's going to be a great time. There's going to be a lot of information there on the school choice programs that already exist in the state of Arkansas that are providing scholarships for kids that are that are either um, special needs kids, kids from military families, uh, foster children, and then those that are income eligible. So if, if you know someone that is in those uh, eligibility groups, if you want to call the Reform Alliance and, and find out about one of those programs, uh, uh, the phone number is 501-244-9028, or you can call me, Laurie Lee. My phone. I mean, if you can't find my information, you're not really looking. Um, you can go to the website, thereformalliance.org. The Facebook page has our phone number on it. And the scholarships for the 2023-2024 school year will be opening in the next uh, several months, uh, probably around May. And uh, right now, like I said at the beginning of the show, your listeners can participate, and it costs them a net zero by redirecting their state income tax dollars to the, the money reform that you're going to have to pay to the state anyway. Regardless, you're going to owe this money. So it's, not, it's nothing out of your pocket. It's a net zero cost to you. You can donate it to the Reform Alliance for a 100% dollar-for-dollar tax credit not a deduction, a credit, and build. There's a $2 million cap, and you can participate in giving a, a, a income-eligible child a scholarship to a, ta- a K-12 school throughout the state of Arkansas. All you got to do is call our office or pop onto our website or Facebook page, call me. We'll, it's a two-step process. You'll walk them through it. Two steps. You make the contribution, you sign the form, and it's over. And you have helped a kid who needs a different option find an opportunity that they would not otherwise have access to. And I know that there are hundreds, maybe thousands of people that listen to this show that agree with this issue and have for 20 years. And now they can participate for no cost at all. That's exciting. I'm just telling you. I've been telling you all along that when uh, when Sarah got in, there real, I was excited because it's going to be the most conservative legislature we've ever had uh, over at the Capitol. Now you're going to have what I believe is going to be the most conservative governor 
uh, you know, leading it, leading that way. First female in Arkansas as governor. It's fantastic. Leading, leading on and uh, gonna gonna show the men what they should have been doing for a long time ago. You know, just to be honest with you. Here's what's great about about what's happening in the administration is the people that they are um, choosing to serve in cabinet positions are people that are qualified for the position. It's not, this is my friend, this is my cousin, this is... These are people who know what they're doing, who have been in whatever field that they're being tagged to oversee for decades, and the state of Arkansas is getting a new generation of leadership that is going to propel us from where we are now at the very bottom to uh, who knows what. I mean, and I know your audience is a praying audience, and so I ask your audience to start praying for these people on the daily, that they would be able to, all their work would be exponentially blessed so that the children of this state, our future, are encouraged and enabled to do the things that they need to do to take Arkansas to great new levels that we've never seen before because people are focused on the people of Arkansas and the children of Arkansas, and that's exciting news. All right. Before we uh, wrap it up, and we're, we've got about a minute and a half, uh, School Choice Week, January 23rd through 29th, to get all the information about all the special events, go where? Go to uh, thereformalliance.org or our Facebook page, or you can call 501 501- Two four four nine zero two eight. Uh, somebody will answer the phone. The phone's ringing all the time. So if you uh, leave a message, somebody will get back to you. You can always call me, 501-258-6353. I've been putting my cell phone number out on your show for 20 years. So uh, feel free to call. Uh, hop on Facebook. Hop on the web. There's a lot of exciting things going on. And uh, 2023 is going to be an amazing year for the people of yeah. Arkansas. Blow up the reformalliance.org, okay? Blow it up. Get on there and check it out. See all the things that's available. Don't forget about that uh, that tax credit that you can get. It's no 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 money out of out of your pocket if if uh, you owe the government something statewide, you can say, "Well, if I owe it, then I want that money to be used for education." That's a good thing. That is a good thing. That's how it should work. Great to have you here. Thank you. I'll have you back. We're going to have her back on uh, in a couple of weeks. I think we said the 19th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, It's on a Wednesday at 9 a.m. She'll be back with us again, and we'll be talking about School Choice Week and all that. Don't forget uh, Ryan uh, Norris is going to be on with us quite often to talk about School Choice as well. This is going to be a big push by the Dave Ellswick Show. I. It's now or never as far as I'm concerned. All right. I'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. right here, 101.1 FM, the end. Wednesday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Do not miss the 7 o'clock hour. Congressman Hill, Congressman Westerman, what's going on with the leadership of the GOP? We'll have all the latest for you at that 7 a.m. But we'll get started at 6, and we'll go again at 9, but 7 o'clock, zero hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.